as always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. Here we go. So you have a big group of goalkeepers and you know it's your it's your first year coaching in a pro setting. So how do you go how, how you know how'd you kind of get them to believe in you as a coach and as a person you know being around the same age and being your first year because all these guys are trying to get to the next level so you know I think they could be a little bit naive in their thing and say oh this guy doesn't know what he's talking about so you know how do you just kind of get them to at least believe in you a little bit as a as a coach yeah I mean I'll be honest with you so when I went to uh, Cal State LA luckily for me the coach there um, multiple times used examples of me kind of not I'll say half-assing, but there was a time where he had me, you know, put an exercise together, and the last cone of the seven or eight that I laid out uh, was slightly off. And he came up to me. He was just like, "Do you see something wrong with this picture?" And I said, uh, "I think that last cone's a little bit, you know, uh, crooked." It was like, "Okay, so let me ask you a question. Why would you do this if Bob Bradley and the first team setup asked you to set up a session? Would this cone be crooked?" And I was like, "I mean, I would hope not. I'm, I'm, I apologize. Like, then, then why the hell are you doing it here?" So I say all that in the sense of like every single day he set a standard that was above anything I had ever experienced, let alone someone expected it of me. You can experience, you can see coaches do all that stuff, but then when you actually are held to that standard, it's different. And then obviously pairing the mindset that I had there with, for four years with Chris at uh, Cal State LA with things that you know Phil Wedd and Paul Rogers, those guys have told me of like, you just need to show up put the hard work in, show the guys that you're there to obviously make them better and that their careers, now they're in your hands and they're gonna trust that they're in your hands and they're gonna get better because of it. So I said, you know what, for me, all I can really do is control the narrative that I want. So when I go to the training uh, facility, I wanna make sure that when I lay out the session, it looks like every single detail has been ironed out. I've had it before, obviously, where, as my, one of my coach uh, at uh, Las Vegas will say, he's like, sometimes you have you know the session time then they'll come to you and say hey you have 30 minutes right. or this guy's not going to be with us today and he's like that's when your genius takes over that's when the repetitions of putting sessions together eventually those pieces will come together and then in a split second you can come up with something uh, something cool right. or something that's going to be still um, educational but it's like on the whim right. and so I learned all those things and then when I came in I was like okay I, these guys don't know me I am nervous for sure it's a different it's a different level yeah. but at the same time I know that if I keep the standard high don't let things slide obviously you know give them room to grow but at the same time of like hey uh, one of the young goalkeepers we had he would come into the warm-up the first five minutes he would use it and he would drop some balls he would do right. this and that and the other goalkeepers were coming in sharp so I needed to make an example of him I'm like look I don't say his name but I was like yeah. look you know these guys are coming in here they're doing their pre uh, pre work they're doing their band stretches you're coming in kind of just lollygagging you're getting your wrist taped here it's like it doesn't make sense and then obviously when i'm seeing it it's it's transferring in and you know uh, uh, spilling into training where the first 5 minutes everyone's sharp and now we're waiting on you to get sharp right so I, I, that can't that can't be the case so it's like to speak those things, you need to be comfortable that you as a coach have done everything so that you, uh, as my coach at Cal State LA, Chris would always say, be undeniable. Like you should never say something and then feel as though the guys can use whatever they've seen you do against you. So he's like, always show up, keep the standard high so that you never ever feel that they've seen you on your phone on the bench. 
or sitting down, uh, uh, you know, coming into training, you don't have the session planned out and you're making it up as you go. Like those are little things where the players can read through that and they'll see it. And anytime you speak up, you won't have as much confidence because you're like, oh crap, they saw me slip up. So I think for me, getting into the, the season was just understanding what have I learned over the years and then just be confident with my decision making in that sense. And then hopefully all the respect comes in from there. No, I love that. You know, the, the old John Wooden quote is right. Uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Right. So um, definitely preparation. You know, I've definitely made the mistake of thinking I was capable of just coming in and kind of going going with sessions on the fly. But, you know, when you mention it and I think back now, it's like there are so many times when you're doing things on the fly and you're like going, uh, let's do this. Eh, no, let's do that. And it's just, you know, it, it really kind of doesn't it just doesn't help in, in general but um you know what would you say probably your your most memorable moment so far in just your short professional coaching career has been well it's not winning <laughs> we uh you know the professional side of it was definitely uh it was difficult we you know again steve moved up and i'm proud i'm happy for him but we're still you know we're still trying to figure it out here in, in vegas and i think the new coach in Requel will, will be great so i'm hoping this year we turn it around a little bit um but i think for me the happier moments i think something very small but like i i you know i spoke to steve during the season and Enrique, our assistant coaches and i was just like look like i don't want to just be a goalkeeping guy like i want to know um I want to know how to provide more value. So like in the future, if they say, okay, we're going to need a goalkeeper coach and an assistant, or, you know, we want to try and put those together. I'm somebody that could fill that role. So there were times in the season where Steve and Enrique would task me with video and they would say, look, we need to have um, these four pieces of the game, defending, attacking, transitional offense, transitional defense, and then showcase what the opponent's going to do. And then how can we exploit that? And I think I did like one video where, I noticed something, I showed it to them, and then it happened in the game. Yeah. And it was just kind of like one of those moments where I was like, okay, I have the capacity to do more than just goalkeeping. I'm training my eye, like we do in goalkeeping, right. whether it's your drills or how you talk to people uh, during games or whatever it is, you have the repetitions. And I'm like, well, now if I can keep, if I'm aware of what I need and how I can keep, uh, keep exposing myself to get those repetitions, right. um, I think that's that's been the most valuable piece for me. And I think it's brought more joy to me realizing that I, I have more to offer. Mm -hmm. and I think as goalkeepers, we can kind of pigeonhole ourselves into a specific role. And there's so many things in that role for sure. But it's like, how can I take what I know from goalkeeping? And then obviously, whether it's like uh, defensive, offensive, whatever it is um, from the other team, how can I communicate that to the whole team, but also to have the goalkeeper see through a coach's lens as well. Sure. And now the goalkeeper can really exploit those areas versus me having to communicate that to them. Yeah, not, not only does that make you more valuable as a coach, which I, you know, I think is a problem in the goalkeeping world because you, know, you see it in the college level too. It's like you can only have a certain amount of paid assistance. You know, everyone wants that volunteer goalkeeper role, but obviously if you can do both, it just makes you more valuable. But also, you know, I think what it does for you as a goalkeeper coach, too, is when you're watching film of a whole team and breaking down transitional moments, does it not, can it not play into your sessions, too, in your session design, right? So it's like now you're talking about, you know, counterattacking, you know, where to start the counter, what's on, and then defending the counter or, you know, defending how set pieces, what have you. But, um, how do, you know, how does that play into how you're running your goalkeeping sessions now? It honestly, it plays a lot. Yeah. I think that's the, you hit it, the nail on the head too, is like, obviously we want to expand our role a little bit, but also too, when you start seeing things from a different perspective and a different eye, right. now you start sharpening the eye. That I've, I've, my goalkeeping side, I've always been like, okay, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm really good at. I'm going to go 100% into this. Right. And then when you start seeing the game from a, a, 
a different lens, you start offering that lens to your goalkeeper. And I think, too, one thing that I've been on, for example, is like, can we as goalkeepers, when we do goal kicks, if it's short goal kicks, can we analyze the offensive setup or the defensive setup of what they're trying to, what they're trying to do? And I think when you are watching film from a coach's eye and you're seeing the way they set up is sometimes with like a diamond or something like that. They have two guys on top of the 18 and one guy sit, sitting inside with the six. Right. And the guys, they have, you know, they have guys in half spaces. Right. And then watching the film of like, okay, we played that ball short, what was their reaction? Or watching film on like Oakland, for example. Yeah. And you'd say, oh, they, you know, New Mexico played that ball short. This is what their, their press shifted to. So if, if we know that and I can play it short and then I get it and my goalkeeper, because we've watched film, right. we know that he has this option, this option, this option. That to me is so valuable. Yeah. And then as a goalkeeper as well, we talk about prep touch, right? It's a concept that we talk about a lot. It's like, can you take a more deliberate prep touch? Can we talk about feints? Can you, can you move people? Can you uh, uh, ex uh, manipulate their, their movement because you've seen the footage? So I think for me, it's trained my eye a little bit more to be like, this is what they're showing, but then if we make one pass here, this is the, the fluid movement of the opposing yeah. team. And then for us as well, that's where I take it to the head coach. And I said it was Steve or Enrique this year of like, hey, this is what we could potentially do within, uh, in possession. Let's make sure that everyone's on the same page. And it gives you more footing as a coach too of like, yeah. I have confidence because I'm showing you like tangible evidence versus concept. I think that was the biggest thing for me is coming in and how can I switch from concept and things that I, I have heard and buzzwords and stuff right. versus now this is actual tangible evidence that we can exploit these areas and then from there too then the other team has to react you've played the ball short twice now what are they going to do step a little bit higher yeah. play the law you played the ball in mid area what are they going to do they're going to have to decide do we want to step and like eliminate that first pass or do we drop off because that guy can get the ball and turn and now it's you know uh, uneven numbers right. so it's like i said it a long time ago on a podcast it was more of like a we're going to turn into the goalkeeper uh, the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks yeah. of like we literally have read one didn't work read two read three yeah, read four and that's but that has to be trained but it's funny you know that that's kind of how i try to describe it but then a lot of people don't really get the analogy you know it's like what i always say it's like you this is probably more in a fluid in the fluidity of the game but it's like what's what's on deep you know could you, you can you can you play beyond can you find a striker you know get get yourself the assist get, get the fun stuff if not you know you always have your check down right so going back to that cornerback analogy it's like you know you have your, your running back checking out but um that's on me being a big Steelers fan and Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball two yards down the field anyway but um so you know what could you say to because I mean you had a very successful college coaching career you're winning national championships you know what you know what were some of the things that your head coaches that you saw kind of just did as from a team perspective and to create that buy-in and that team culture to to win and you know what can you take from that into just a smaller group of goalkeepers I think um, like I said earlier it was seeing the how calculated you are in terms of whenever you speak to somebody that those that, that piece of information that you're you know expressing to somebody it stays with them for better or for worse um, and I think Again, I'll use the example for this year that really like just tuned me into re recognizing um, how smart our coaches uh, were. Is that we had a few guys who didn't play that much throughout the season, and we went to the national title game, and so we got to the national title game, and there were some guys who just, lack of a better term, like the team has a day off, they're doing extra work because they didn't play at all, and so throughout the season, or the coaching staff, especially our head coach, would kind of go up to these players and say, "Look, your time's not now." But I see that you're working hard, and I want to let you know I, I appreciate that. But you will have minutes. I, trust me, you will have minutes, and I, I don't want you to, to be discouraged. And I, at the same time, too, I just want, I want you to be ready so that yeah. when you're out there, I feel more comfortable to play you. Right. Little by little, seasons progress. We're winning, we're winning. We get to the national title game, 
and we're playing against Charleston, a, a really formidable opponent, like a really good team. Like they recruit some of the like, some insane players. And our team, if you look at our team from top to bottom versus their team top to bottom, player to player, you can't measure the heart, you can't measure the buy-in, but you can measure obviously the, the statistics or whatever. And they had better players. But then you see the structure of the team and you see our coach going up to those same players and like, look, remember I told you earlier in the season, it's your time. We had guys who played like 40 to 50 minutes in a national championship game who didn't play in the semifinal, didn't play in the quarterfinal. And I think seeing how valuable the person-to-person communication is and understanding the big picture and how those micro conversations can lead to a bigger and more, I say the word formidable, but like macro picture. To me, it established a lot. And I think in the goalkeeping world, we see that all the time. Where it's like you have goalkeepers who will play the uh, you know the, the Premier League. It was a famous one, Claudio Bravo and Ter Stegen. Right. You had uh, uh, Ter Stegen playing the Champions League, Claudio yeah. Bravo playing all the La Liga games. So everyone has their role, and it's like ideally that'd be perfect. But in the grand scheme of things, you you, you don't get that all the time. You get you know goalkeepers who play all the time, and it's very difficult to have that number two be bought in. So it's like having those conversations of just letting them know their value, letting them know, um, hey, look, if you want to get some extra work in because you you've come to me and you want to work on certain things i'm willing to give you another extra hour of my time you want to watch film let's do that so i think just recognizing how valuable the little pieces are to the big picture and it takes effort we know that like there are people who conceptually can say i'll do this i'll do that but when it comes to it it's just those hard conversations and someone i learned from the most is paul rogers yeah he is if you've ever met him very intense but like even just conversations with him uh, on podcasts or just off to the side it was just like, look, the players will, will it's going to be rough at the beginning when you have to be honest right. with them. But at, in the grand scheme of things, they will respect and appreciate you that much more. So like, you can have the hard way of, of avoiding it and then it builds up. Or you can have the hard way of it's a tough conversation, but I promise you I'm looking for the best and, and intentions for you. Right. No, I love that. I love that. So final question I've been just starting to ask all my guests is what are some podcasts or books that you kind of like to read or refer back to that will either you know have played a big part in your development or continue to play a big part in your development other than inside the 18 obviously um i think for me now getting into um like in the, the academy world lafc and, and things like that for me it's just understanding the emotional intelligence side um so like if you look at my like philosophy of, of things it's understanding like the personal competence right. of like what you bring self-regulation self-motivation self-awareness those kind of things and then like the relational competence which is your social like how you speak to people uh, collaboration um, there's more but like those kind of things right. for me so understanding those two sides um, and trying to again those minor like little conversations mm-hmm. and I, I always tailed it back to the, goal, the coach from Cal State LA he's very calculated and yeah. I whispered to him once I was just like like, do you ever feel like you, you know, misstep? Like, you feel like every time you say something, you think, like, you've thought about it thoroughly. And he's like, Omar, I don't say anything to the players or any to anybody, really, without it being calculated. So it's like, again, for me, of the, the understanding that I may not need you now as a goalkeeper because you're not going to be playing, but understanding of, like, hey, look, when your time does come, and it will, right. I want to make sure that you're ready and you should make sure that you're ready. So now there's a collaboration of it's in your hands, but it's also in my hands. So help me help you. And I think for me, again, if I'm answering your question, it's more of just like from a coach's perspective and a player's perspective, they need to be dialed in on their emotional intelligence. And I think EQ, as my dad always says, like, it's like, if you can get your masters in that, it'd be great. (laughs) Um, But it's just like the EQ is, it's so valuable when you understand your own self-awareness. What do I bring to the table? Um, And one of the things that I've done too, from like now, 
I don't know when this is going to come out, yeah. but it hasn't been announced yet. But if, you know, when I get to right. hi- potentially hire a staff at LAFC for the academy mm-hmm. side, it's like I want to instill the EQ into the coaches, right. but I also want to see what kind of EQ they have. But at the same time, I need to work on my own EQ. Right. So it's like right. you're balancing the ability to be vulnerable and allow yourself to say, hey, I don't know all the answers, even though I'm in this position, I don't know all the answers, and I'm going to lean on you to give me answers as well, right. but vice versa. And I think that collaboration where everybody feels that their voice is being heard, but at the same time, too, they're cultivating their own voice. But it needs to be that person to have self-awareness of like, hey, I'm auditing that these are the skill sets that I need to become a professional goalkeeper coach or a professional coach. What are the things that are going to leave me there? Reverse engineer. And now that you've come to me with that reverse engineer process, it means you've thought it out and it's a thought out process. So you've done your, your due diligence. And then by the time like we actually sit down or by the time you look three, four years down the line, you've exposed yourself to all the little goals that you've had or all the things that you've had, whether it's public speaking, whether it's going to first team training, whether it's running a session for me at the USL, whatever it is, right, right. you've done all those things so that when you step into that role, you've done everything possible to get yourself ready. Right. And like I said earlier, to bring it full circle, it's like just do what you think is you have confidence and you're comfortable with. And then yeah. everything else, everything around that, you'll supplement it with all the new lessons and things that you're learning. No. Love that. Love that. The obviously the, the emotional side, emotional intelligence, all that EQ stuff side of coaching is very crucial. But thank you, Omar, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. And make sure you guys uh, follow Jesse on the Union app. <laughs>